It's Sunday, September 16th. I'm Rich Frazier, and this is Cockatrice Nuggets. Hi, Rich. Arthur here. My brother put me onto your podcast, so I've um, been catching up recently on all your episodes. Uh, had today off, so just finished catching up. Um, been enjoying the recent ones where you've been talking about your campaign and some of the adventures. I always find it interesting to get some ideas from what people are doing in their campaigns and some of their games, um, listening to characters and some of the weird and wonderful characters. So, yeah, I'll find that really interesting. So hopefully you'll be doing some more content like that soon. Um, And just a quick call to say keep up the good work and uh, I'll continue to listen. Thanks. Thanks, Arved. Good to have your support. Now I've got both brothers green. Next, the world. Uh, so, I'm on my way to uh, San Francisco, it's about an hour and a half drive, and I thought I'd uh, ramble on for a minute. Um, been hearing a lot about uh, modifying rules for 5th edition, uh, or any game really. Um, the rules light systems really, I don't want to say necessitate, because they don't, uh, they really they really call out for homebrew rules. Um, it's it's easy to find something that you can't do, but you feel like you need a rule for in old school games. Um, and there are rules in old school games, like carousing comes to mind, that can be really expanded upon. Um, fifth edition has a different problem. I feel like fifth edition's wishy-washy. Um, it has some rules that are very specific. Uh, what can you do with a bonus action? What can you do with a reaction? Um, but things like illusion spells and conjuration spells, um, are, are a little vague. And these are really hard things, I think. Um, conjuration spells aren't as bad, um, as a conjuration wizard, you can conjure, conjure something no bigger than three feet by three feet. So, is that a coil of rope? Can you do a gallon of water? Can you do a gallon of water in a bucket? Can you do six ounces of water in a bottle? Are these two different things? If you can do water, can you do a healing potion? Right? Can you do a sandwich? Where does this start and end? Um, It does say that it disappears when it takes any damage. So, as a rule, we decided... I decided, I guess, as a conversation with my players. When I decide something, I don't decide it. Uh, I have a conversation with my players, you know? Um, There are things that I do decide, right? Uh, But if a player challenges me on that, then I have a conversation. Um, And for the conjuration thing, we decided that it says once damage is done to the object, it's destroyed. Or it's unsummoned or whatever. Disappears. So taking a bite of sandwich is kind of damaging it, right? When that potion hits your... Um, stomach, there's stomach acid in there, so, um, and I really don't like the whole, it's two pieces thing, one simple object is what we ruled it as, so, um, like, a broom was the most complex thing, right, um, illusions, though, illusions are really, really hard, um, it's, it's vague, uh, and I think that the best advice I've heard for illusions 
came from uh, uh, DBJ. Uh, look him up on YouTube. He does uh, a show almost every day, uh, and he's got a lot of good info uh, if you've got, you know, all that time to kill. But he said that the rule he used was an illusion couldn't copy an effect of a higher level spell. So if you're using a first level illusion, you can't use, duplicate the effect of a second level spell, such as, uh, I think darkness is a second level spell. And this was a, this was a hard one for me to figure out, right? Because you have this cantrip, right? Minor illusion. You can create, uh, I think it's 10 by 10 of um, something visual. You can create a sound or you can create um, something else. Visual, audio, maybe it's just visual or audio illusion. Anyway, um, so my player was like, well, I want to cast darkness with it. I was like, no, you're not casting darkness with a cantrip, you know? That that feels broken. That, that doesn't feel right. And I couldn't explain it. But this saying that it can't duplicate a spell of higher level made it, made it better, right? Um, and I ruled that he could cast it, but once someone interacted with it, then it, they would get a saving throw or it would disappear or whatever. Um, because it wasn't like actual darkness, right? It wasn't like the spell darkness. It didn't matter that you don't interact with darkness. You're still interacting with the illusion. So it's it was a hard ruling. I have a better way of explaining it now next time it comes up. Um, social situations are another one, right? That they don't give a lot of guidance for. Um, I've had to make up... Uh, like rules for suggestion, right? And I think this came from DBJ too. Um, my players want to suggest... So my player tried to suggest that the guards go and get a drink so they could get into a warehouse. Um, the guard took the money and said to his friend, hey, you want to get a drink after work? Sounds good to me. And uh, they... The player did not like that, right? Because I, I trashed his spell. I wasted the spell slot for nothing. Um, I, I eventually gave him uh, some bonus diplomacy points, right? Um, uh, it's not called diplomacy, persuasion, right? Uh, he, the guard then volunteered information afterwards to make the player feel a little better. Uh, I gave him an advantage on a roll to make the player feel a little better for wasting his spell slot. But So I sat down and I, I tried to take a look at that. And like I said, DBJ has a lot of videos, so just happened to be talking about um, suggestion. I think it may have been in the same illusion video. So his um, his thought was that it says suggestion they won't do any harm to themselves, right? And harm can mean a lot of things. Um, so to these guards, in my mind, was what I was thinking. Again, I couldn't exactly articulate it this way. Um, that the guards didn't want to lose their job, right? That's harm. That That is harm. It's not physical harm, but it... So the guards don't have a job. They can't support their family, right? They they go in the poorhouse or whatever the equivalent of that is, right? The slums. Um, and, and then they, you know, live short, unfulfilled lives. So that's that's harm, right? So um, my, my player's going to cast Suggestion again. And I have something in my DM notebook for suggestion. 
Um, I want to put a pin in that too. If I save this on the recording, maybe it'll come back. But I want to talk about my DM notebook sometime too. Um, I don't think I can do it when I'm driving. I'd rather be able to sit and flip through it. Um, or look through it, I guess, because I have, uh, I'm, I'm moving it all over to one note. Anyway, back on the subject. I have a, a page dedicated to suggestion for him. Um, and he, he likes to play the, dipl- the diplomatic character because he's not a very diplomatic person, right? So he tries to convince people using these, these weird, weird arguments. And it's not, it's, it's, it comes across unnatural, right? So I don't, I've stopped taking the role playing, right? I, I, I let him throw dice for it because that's why the dice are there, right? That's why we have a persuasion skill is because we need to figure out if the guard's persuaded or not, right? And if it's not a straightforward, well, yeah, that's a, that's a good argument, or nope, that's a bad argument, um, then that's, that calls for a die roll. Well, this guy always makes the bad argument. So, I've gone to calling for the, for the die roll. Um, God, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I, I ask him what his intent is and what his demeanor is. So, if he's trying to... Um, he was trying to persuade a kobold, and his intent was to get the kobolds to go away and be threatened by him. And he, his demeanor was that of a noble elf, which was fine for the character, right? It was, it was a good character plan. I gave him inspiration for it because uh, he kept doing it. <laughs> um, but uh, a dragonborn, here right? he was illusioned as a dragonborn, um, is not going to come across as a noble elf, right? They're going to come across if, if they are noble to a kobold. It, it, especially in this setting, right? It, this may not be straight in the because Dragonborn may not hang out with Goldbolt, but you get the kind of idea, right? They're higher along the dragon chain than um, anybody else, uh, or than the Kobolds. So they were trying to attempt. They would try to intimidate them. That's that would be their main go-to because Kobolds are easily intimidated. Um, maybe even if this Dragonborn wasn't, you know, an intimidator at heart, if he usually reasoned with people. Everybody yells at the kobolds, right? That's kind of that's kind of the way the kobolds are treated in my setting, and uh, I think that's that's kind of their general demeanor, anyway. Um, so I rambled on a lot about that. What was what was I talking about? Uh, rule changes, right? Homebrew rules. So I've I found these niches in 5e where it's not that I desire another rule, but I need another rule, right? I need a ruling, um, and 5e's thing is rulings not rules but they put a lot of vague rules in there to force gms to make rulings and uh one place i really don't like doing this is adventurers league Uh, i haven't ran adventurers league in a long time um i am currently unemployed so once i get employed i will have more disposable income to travel to my local adventurers league games and play um so I haven't run Adventurous League in a long time. I say play, but I don't like to play. I like to DM. We'll talk more about that in a moment, maybe. Um, I don't like to be wishy-washy or vague in Adventurous League, right? I like to say, what's the problem? Here's the solution. Let's find the solution, right? So I use a lot of sage advice when I um, play uh, or when I run Adventurous League. I don't necessarily... Um, uh, it, it's not Adventurers League required to know Sage Advice. It's uh, a DM can actually make a ruling that contradicts Sage Advice, 
but I find that it gives kind of a generic kind of, um, I don't know, like a, like a, uh, I can't think of the word, like a structure, right? It gives a, structure's not the word, but you guys probably know what I mean. So it gives kind of like a structure to this whole thing. Give something to fall back on and say, well, this guy does it this way, and that's kind of the way everybody else does it, so we're going to do it that way, all right? Um, and if I, there's not something like that, I defer to the players. Um, generally, if there's uh, not something like that, uh, generally, I don't look it up first. Generally, I defer to the players, and they'll say, oh, there was a sage advice. Well, what's that sage advice say? Okay, great. Because uh, I depend on players a lot to know their characters, you know? Um, I'm okay in Tier 1 with player abilities, right? Um, I don't know Xanathar's too well, uh, which has a lot of character options. I honestly haven't read it. Um, the player section. I read the DM section entirely. Um, so, uh, I don't know a lot of that stuff, but, but the Tier 1 is kind of easy. It's kind of all the same things, um, and I learn as I go, right? So, and, and a new player is not necessarily going to be pulling something from Xanathar's. They're going to be playing something from the player's handbook or maybe even just the SRD. So I can help a player along with that pretty easily. But when it starts getting uh, into tier two, I expect the players to know their characters. I expect the character players to know their abilities and what they do. Um, this got, goes back to something Colin was talking about, about, you know, being ready on that initiative. Uh, I called into his show too, and... Uh, that, that really bugs me, you know, when when somebody's uh, turn comes around and they're not ready, because I feel like generally I'm ready. Uh, maybe not as a DM. I, I do fiddle around a little more as a GM. Um, I don't always have that default move uh, for a spellcaster um, like I should. Sometimes I'm looking up um, spells more than I should. But I do a lot of that on other people's turns as well. So my turn is is longer because I'm the DM and generally controlling more things, but I, um, while the turn is going around, I'm deciding what spell I'm going to cast, right? And what's more appropriate for the situation. Uh, that's, that's another one of my failings, right? I, I don't, I don't know all these spells really well. Um, that's something I, I, I may end up doing though, is reading, uh, the spells in the player's handbook straight through. Uh, I find, um, I'm reading uh, Creature Codex right now. Uh, it's one of my one of one of the many books that I'm reading right now. Um, I'm reading Creature Codex, Waterdeep, uh, Dragon Heist. Um, I started Fever Swamp, um, and there's something else that's way back there. I want to read Bard's Gate. Uh, yeah, I want to read Bard's Gate now. Uh, still, I don't think I've, I still don't think I've finished Zobek yet. Uh, definitely haven't finished Midgard uh, World Book yet, so I've got a, I'm juggling a lot of RPG books, and uh, I keep rotating them back and forgetting about them. Um, but reading through the Creature Codex, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of um, ideas, you know, from the lore. Right? Uh, I think it was uh, Mike Burles who was like uh, telling Sly Flourish, "Read the Monster Manual. There's a lot of good stuff in there." Um, and Sly Flourish kind of. Um, uh, shouts out from the rooftops now. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in the Monster Manual at Wolfram. I honestly haven't read the Monster Manual straight through. Um, I only have the Monster Manual in paper and... Well, I have it on D&D Beyond. Uh, but I try not to read my phone at night. 
Although I'm doing it for Creature Codex, so I may do it for the Monster Manual as well. Um, what was I talking about? Oh my goodness. Oh, so that's something I might do, is sit down and read the spells. I think that, that would probably be really good for me. Um, but uh, I, I delegate my DM responsibilities, right? I have a guy who, uh, or girls, excuse me, who writes on a whiteboard who does my monster AC, my monster HP, uh, sorry, my monster's armor class, my um, monster's hit points. They do uh, my initiative order, um, all this stuff. And they, it, she doesn't do it like I do it, okay? I've got a really good system for initiative. I, um, I use the left side of the board. I use the whole left side. Uh, well, not the whole left side. I use, you know, an eighth of the left side. And uh, as people calm down, I write, like if someone's 10, I write it in the middle. If they're 15, I write it three quarters up. Four, I write it three quarters down. Um, so uh, I, I've got a list in order. Uh, she doesn't really compact and does it in the middle of the board and um, writes them as they come in and with a little bit of space in between. Sometimes she has to put arrows, um, especially for the monsters, she has to put arrows or she'll list them all like off to the side and then put an arrow in, um, which is not the way I do it, but I'm not doing it, so it doesn't matter. I can read what she's doing, I see what she's doing, and I've, um, I've resisted giving her advice, and I'm using air quotes, um, on how to do it, because it doesn't seem to bother anybody else. Um, it only bothers me because it's not my way and my way is not always right. Um, so I just, it, it works. So it, it's not broken. Let's not fix it. Right. Um, so I have her doing all this stuff that a DM normally does. Um, it's, it's nice playing with a whiteboard. I'd have to say definitely. Um, I am fairly open about hit points in armor class. Uh, once somebody hits, I put the armor class up there. Um, it's, it's, it sometimes creates a suspenseful, suspenseful moment when you don't know what a monster's armor class is. Um, but honestly, that's just math, right? If uh, 17 hits, a 15 hits, and a 13 hits, but a 12 doesn't, then the monster's armor class is 13. So uh, it, it's really easy for players to figure out. Also, hit points. Uh, once you kill one of them, you know what their hit points are. Um, she counts up only because it's easier. I don't have to rattle out hit points for her uh, at the beginning. Um, but once that first one's killed, they know. They they all know, right? They it, And they don't hide it either. They go, oh, well, this one died at 26, so this one's at 20, so it's almost dead. You know, don't waste a big attack on it. Let's do something small. Um, and even then, when, when they're off, they're only off by less than 10. Um, so... It gives me time to go, when, when the players are taking their turns, to, um, I can just go, yes, that hits. No, that doesn't hit. Or, you know, this is, this is the ruling on that spell. Or this is how we work that at this table. Um, so I have a lot of time to uh, devour whatever my, my creatures are doing. And I try not to stack a bunch of casters in, in one encounter, right? I try to do one or two casters and a bunch of melee. Um, so when it comes to my turn, all I'm doing is rolling dice. All I'm doing is rolling dice. And actually, I only roll 20-siders. I generally don't roll damage. Um, I do roll spell damage only because 
there's no average spell damage and I don't want to do fraction math uh, at the table, which isn't so hard, right? If it's uh, 86, that's um, three and a half for um, an average per die. So 86, if we do three and a half times two is seven. And then since we already did two, that divide the eight by two is four. So it's 28 average damage for a fireball. Um, I had that already in my head before I started talking it out, but uh, that's how that goes, right? Um, so, I don't even know what I was talking about. Rules, right? That's that's what we were talking about. Um, so there are these spots, these holes in rules, right? For uh, Wow, I don't even know how I got to that. Um, so anyway, there's these spots for rules that, that are necessary in 5e that you have to make a ruling, right? In, um, in OSR games, generally you can just go, meh, roll 3d6 under, or, you know, roll 2d6, or flip a coin, right? Uh, the, the, the die of fate, I use that a lot. And um, that there are some things that, that just feel like they need more mechanics in 5e. And uh, that's, that's probably the, my most hated thing about 5e. And I really like playing 5e. It's all I play. Um, and again, when I say play, I mean run. So, yeah. I think we're going to leave it at that. Because um, I am getting sidetracked uh, really bad. For the last, like, at least eight minutes, I uh, rambled, on, rambled on about spells. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And that's all the nuggets I got today.